to honor your name as we lift you up in praise. You are worthy of all of our praise, God. Uh, we just thank you for this opportunity to come together as a church family, as a body of Christ, and worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Chapel Grace. 
Good to see you. Wow, that was like the best greeting I think I've ever had up here. Thank you. All right, so just a few quick announcements. Um, first of all, um, right after the service today, um, we're going to have our quarterly business meeting. Um, so all members, you're welcome to stick around and hear what's going on. Um, that would be just some great information. And um, also, let's see, um, next, let's see, on Tuesday the 26th, MOPS is having, um, they're having MOPS from 6 to 8, um, and child care is available. So if you have um, children from, I think it's in the womb, all the way to fifth grade, you guys are welcome to come and join them for that, um, and that will be here. Um, and then don't forget tonight at 6 o'clock, um, we'll be continuing um, through the book of Acts, studying through there. Um, so that's just a great time to just kind of really get digging deep and, um, and do that. I hope you guys have all been reading through Acts with us. Um, and then also, if, let's see, actually, let me do this first. Um, next Sunday, um, which is May 1st, right after the morning service at 1230, um, we're going to have a meet the pastors. So if you would like to attend, um, you can just write it on your connect card, um, or you can just come and, and join us. Um, but it'll be next Monday or next Sunday after the church service. And we'll be meeting in the big room. So we'll have lunch and just have a time to, um, if you're new, you maybe want to meet some, um, of the ministry leaders that are there. Um, it's just a great time of fellowship. So, and again, with the Connect cards, um, if you're new, um, you can fill that out. Bring it to us at the back table. Um, or maybe you've made a decision or you just have a prayer request or whatever it is. This is just our way of communicating so that we know what's going on um, in your lives. Just let us know. And you can um, either drop those in the tithes and offering box in the back or give them to us at the welcome table. Um, and then again, for tithes, um, we have the tithes and offering box there. You can also text to give, um, or you can um, download the Tithely app. So, um, And I also want to remind you guys, um, we just finished our growth track, um, 401 today. We have a completion on that. That's awesome. And next Sunday, we'll be starting again with 101. So if you haven't done growth track and you would like to do that, um, I would really encourage you to come. We meet at 10 o'clock um, in the room over here, but I would meet you guys out here in the foyer so that I can show you where to go because it's kind of a maze back there. So, um, But I would love to have you come and do that if you haven't done that. Um, yeah, and then also if you haven't joined a connect group, make sure you check out the connect groups back there at the welcome table and pick one that works best for you. Thanks. And we invite you guys to stand. In John 10, Jesus said that his Father gives, gives us eternal life, and no one can snatch us out of, his, out of our Father's hand. He holds us. He holds our faith. Just encourage that God is faithful to remind us that we need him. We can get to the end of ourselves and realize, God, I can't get through this day without you. 
I can't get through this situation without you. And that's an act of his grace and mercy for us to not think we can handle things on our own. He lets us know uh, that he's there. So let's sing to the one who holds our life, who holds our faith. Oh 
life that's taking place of you, that's in the way of you, that we would see it and we would surrender it. We'd lay it at your feet. If more of you means less of me, take everything. God, may that be our heart's prayer. Don't let the secret hidden things rob us from the life and the joy that you desire for each of us. We invite you to come, Lord. We invite you to help us see our hearts. Help us surrender. All to Jesus I surrender all to him I Yeah. 
Open up my eyes in wonder. Show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. Holy, there is no one like you. There is none besides you. Open up my eyes. top of my head this morning. I got in a fight with a lawnmower yesterday and I lost. No, I just, it's getting to get hot, so I decided to get my hair cut, all of them, every one of them, and, uh, you know, just not one. So I figured I'd put that out there in case you guys didn't notice or anything, you know. I almost wore my hat up here today, but Kelly's like, if you wear your hat up there, you're going to get yelled at. So I said, oh, I'm not going to wear my hat then. So I want to see, how's everybody doing? By the way, it's good to see Ardeth and Fred and Melissa, thank you. Melissa, my brain went south for a second, but glad you guys are feeling better. They were dealing with COVID for a little bit, but they're right back in the, in the pew, ready to go again. And, uh, you know, COVID is maybe the effects and maybe the mandates and all that stuff might be kind of like not there right now, but still a lot of people are dealing with COVID. They're still dealing with getting it, uh, getting over it, whatever it is, you know, missing work and all those things. So keep praying for people that have it and are getting it. Um, I think we're just going to have to live with it just like we did with the flu and everything else. So, but I think we're going to be good. Uh, let's pray and uh, let's talk to God about today's service. Lord, I just want to thank you for this morning. Uh, this is a message, Father, that uh, comes straight from you, God. And so I pray that you would empty me of myself and fill me with you so that the very words I use today are what you want, God. And Lord, if there was any words I was planning to say today that you don't want, Father, I pray that you would take it away and you would remove it. And Lord, I do pray that God, that uh, you'd be with every person in this place, that you'd empty every one of themselves here, God, so that they'd be ready to have their hearts and their, and their minds filled with what you want them to hear today, God. May your Holy Spirit speak to each and every one of us. Be with all of those who are not feeling well, those who are getting over illnesses, and those who've lost loved ones, and, and different things like that, Father. I just pray for each and every one of those people, God, and I pray for those who weren't able to make it to church this morning for whatever reason, whether it's illness or traveling or what have you. And I pray for those who are listening online, watching online right now too, God. Um, we're all one big church, one big family together. So God, may you bless us. May you guide this message. May you guide me today and give us all exactly what we should, what, what, give us all what we should get today. Lord, be with us each and every one of us. In Jesus' precious name, I pray. We all say, amen. So today is going to be, it's going to be more about the necessity of church. Why do we need church? Why do we go to church? I figured it was kind of one of those good things to talk about. Um, and George Barnett is a guy who does, he does uh, like surveys or whatever you want to say. And he listed five things 
uh, about the church, about five defend, defining church or Americans' relations to church. And I want to read those to you. They're not going to be on your screen. I just have them here. Uh, number one, he says, nearly two in every five churchgoers report attending multiple churches. They don't just go to one church. They go to many churches. Um, number two, he says, churchgoers are divided on the value of church. Number three, he said, churchgoers largely experience and come to expect positive emotions and outcomes by going to church. And then number four, he said, church membership still, is still a common practice and is correlated with positive outcomes, but its importance is falling, failing or falling among young churchgoers. And number five, the perception of the, church, the church's relevance, relevance in the community is under question, especially among non-Christians. That's George Barna. He did a, a study called State of the Church in 2020. So, you know, we're a little bit, a couple years back from that. But uh, I think it says a few things about the church, about church attendance. And I think that uh, why do we need church? I think a lot of people think, uh, first of all, let me make sure I tell you this clearly. Church does not make you any more a Christian. Going to church doesn't make you any more of a Christian than going to McDonald's makes you a Big Mac. Okay? So I'm not saying that if you come to church, <laughs> I'm not saying if you come to church, that's what makes you a Christian. What I am saying is that value the value and the necessity of coming to church is important. It's important that we come and we see each other and we're here for each other. And uh, there's a lot of things that are going on with it. So the dynamics of church is one of those things that, you know, it's, 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 it just gets convoluted and confused. And people think, that, you know, hey, you just want to come there because you need the money, whatever. I'm watching this series on Hillsong Church on Discovery Network, and they talk a lot about, well, the very first episode was about, I don't even know how many episodes it is, but it was about Hillsong and about how they, when they started, they were this way, and now they're, all they do is ask for money or something, and they were talking about that. And to be honest with you, a lot of people in, in America and around the world, actually, they think, oh, all the churches ever want is money. That's not, that's not true for most churches. We do we need money to make the church to function? Absolutely. But there are, but we've been given a bad rap from a lot of other people who say, if you give this, if you give, a, I'm telling you, God's telling you to give $1,000, and you'll be blessed. You don't, you, that's not... That's not, give, that's not biblical giving. That's guilting people into thinking they're going to get something, to give something to get something, and that's not who we are, and that's not what church is all about. So I can see that, you know, church attendance, I don't know if that's the reason it's in decline. Uh, a lot of people say, you know, we're, not, we're you know, on the tail end of Christianity, of uh, going to church in America, and all of those things. I think we could say a lot of things, but I think, I think it comes down to people just don't realize the importance of church in a lot of ways. And I'm going to talk about the church is not this building. I've said that before. I'm just going to make sure I make it clear today, and I'll talk about it again. The church is us, you, all of us here. That's what the church is. It's a gathering of people. It could be out in the park. It could be anywhere. It could be in a school. It could be in our homes, anywhere we are, and that's the church. And says, uh, the one thing, though, is, is it's, it's not really a good thing to try and make people feel guilty. I don't think that we should try and make people feel guilty about missing church. I don't know if they do even feel guilty about missing church. The one thing I do know about missing church is once you, you stop going one time, it gets easier when you keep missing. In other words, the more you miss, the more easier it is to just keep missing. And uh, likewise, the more you go, the easier it is to keep going. Um, and so conviction, guilt isn't what we're looking for here, but conviction of the Holy Spirit. Conviction from God. Conviction, but guilt isn't the thing that we're working on it. And so the Holy Spirit might convict you and urge you to come to church. That's different than feeling guilty about being here. Because if you're feeling guilty, that's only going to last for so long. And then something else is going to happen. And you won't want to be here. And so 
The thing is, though, I'm not so worried about it because God put us, put us all here at this time together in this church age together. Right now, he knew exactly where we were going to be, and he knows exactly the times that we're in. And he knows that he could have put us anywhere in the history of the church, but today he's put us here. Right? And so, uh, in, he, in 1 Chronicles chapter 12, uh, it lists the mighty men and warriors who came to fight with David, King David. And in verse 32, it says this. It mentions and says, From Issachar, men who understood the times and knew what Israel should do, 200 chiefs with all the relatives under their command. So there were people who understood the times of what was going on then too. You see, this is nothing new. Uh, I, I've said it before, I'll say it again. There's nothing new under the sun. Solomon tells us that in Proverbs. There's nothing new under the sun. Or, it might be Ecclesiastes. I always get those two confused up. But either way, he said it. And uh, so maybe this verse might just simply mean that these men understood the times in such a way that they knew that David was probably a better choice than Saul at the time. If you understand anything about church history or uh, about what happened in the beginnings of everything, King David was the second king of Israel. Uh, I'm sorry, I said church, but I meant uh, Israel's timeline. Uh, they wanted a king, and they, they chose Saul first, and then they came to find out that they figured they really thought God chose David, where God chose David the people chose Saul, and they discovered that, well, maybe in the, this is a better time for David to be there. So it might just mean that or something else, but either way, I think this shows us a couple of things. And it shows us that we can either ignore the times around us and, watch, and, and, and just watch them all pass away. Just ignore where we're at, ignore the times, ignore the culture, ignore everything, and just, boop, who cares? It's all gone. Or we can understand the times that we're in, in which God's placed us, and respond to them with wisdom from the Lord, from what God tells us to do. And so I have, a, I, I have three different things I want to talk about with the necessity of church. And the first one is going to begin with uh, the origin of the church. Fantastic, I call it a fantastic origin, where we came from. We have great, I have great hope in the church today because Jesus is the one who established this church. He established it. He's the one who promised it would continue on. And he's the one who we who no matter the times or the circumstances we find ourselves in, he's the one who would be there, and he's the one who we turn to. He's the foundation of the church. Amen? And so because of that, we know that it has a fantastic origin. Um, I don't know if you remember back when Peter, he, he rightly identified Jesus as Messiah, and Jesus says, who do men say that I am? And, and then Peter identified and said, you're the Messiah, you're the son of the living God. And he says, and then this is his response to, to, to Peter. He says, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, that's Peter, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Now, I want to make sure you understand what he said, on this rock I'll build my church. He's not building his church on Peter. He's building his church on the, on the foundation of the confession that Peter just said when he said that Jesus is the Son of God. That's the building blocks. That's the foundation of the church. Not on Peter himself. There's a lot of people that have mistaken that. As a matter of fact, Peter's name does mean Petra, which is a word for rock, but it actually means the word for Peter is Petros. The Greek word for rock is Petra, I mean, sorry. So Peter's actually name means like a little stone. doesn't mean a big rock. And doesn't mean big foundation. So when he's talking, he says, this foundation is going to be built on the fact of me, of the fact that I'm the one who's going to be the foundation of the church. And so in this foundation, in this passage, we, uh, we see that the church... Uh, is, is, what's the word I'm looking for? Maybe I should just look over here because I wrote it down. The Greek word. It's the Greek word translated as the church is ekklesia. Has anybody ever heard that before? The word ekklesia. 
And oh, only a couple of us. Wow. A couple of us. Good. Ecclesia is a word. Maybe we've heard it. Maybe we don't. Maybe we didn't. It doesn't matter. But it does in the case here. Church is a, it means a local assembly or gathering. So when the church, when you see anything written about the church in the Bible, it's, visual, it's physically not talking about the building. It's talking about the assembly of people. So when you, see the, when you see in the Bible, it says the church at Ephesus. It doesn't mean, it's not talking about a physical building in Ephesus. It's talking about the group of people in Ephesus that are meeting together. That's the church at Ephesus. The group, the local gathering of people, which may be all together at sometimes. It may be in separate homes, but it's the church all together as one. Ecclesia. Do you get it? So I just want to make sure that we understand that because it's interesting to note that the word church, it's, it just never, never, ever refers to a, bot, to a building. And I just, we always say, hey, I'm going to go to church. That's great. Say that because you you're in church with everybody else. We don't necessarily need to be in this building, but you're in church even in your small groups. And when you guys have Bible studies together and all of those things, you're in church. I don't know if you realize that. So Jesus is, as I've said, the foundation of everything the church does. The church is built on that platform of Jesus. Take Jesus away, what do we have? Nothing. You guys are getting it now. You know I like you talk back to me. Yeah. I'm from the South. Everybody talks back to the pastor in the South in a good way. You got to start doing it. I'm going to get you guys guys trained here soon about it. We'll see. Anyway, so Peter, Peter declared that you're the Messiah, the Son of the living God in verse 16. And that's a huge distinction between what other things are built on. The church is built on that fact. There's a lot of other faiths and religions that are built on something different than that. They're built on man-made religion. They're built on man-made rules. And a lot of times they fail. Or they, or they hold you in through strict... I, I think fear would be a good word to use. They make you afraid uh, because if you don't do the certain thing just right a certain way, well, you can't be a good churchgoer. You know? And so, but that's really not what it's about. It's not, it's not about fear. It's about loving the Lord and coming because of that. It's a huge thing. And so, because we've made this same declaration that we believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. Do you guys believe that? If you believe that, say amen. 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 I, I want to hear that because, you know, that's where, why we're here. You could, it, could, it could be, it's not here to hear me. It's not here to, me, here to meet, I'm trying to think of some famous preacher. I can't even think of any right now. You guys think of one in your mind right now. But it's not even them to hear, hear a person who's speaking. It's to hear from the Spirit of God. And so when I preach and when I talk and when I pray before we start, I ask God sincerely to empty of us all, all the things that are inside of us, all those things that we brought in with us, so that we can focus on the Spirit of God and the conviction of God. And what are you saying to each and every one of us? I've, I've said this before, but I've preached a message, and I've had somebody come up to me and say, Pastor Bruce, this is what God said to me. And I'm like, through your message, thank you. And I'm like, I don't remember saying that. But that's because the Holy Spirit speaks to us all in the ways and how he wants to alliterate, I guess, or kind of bring it out through our hearts, through whatever it is, whatever it is that you're going through, whatever place and understanding you are in, in your faith, in your faith walk with Jesus. Everybody's different. And so everybody's going to get an understanding of what's going on through the Bible. The Bible doesn't necessarily change, but your understanding of it changes. You become more mature in your faith, and so then things are said to you through the word, not just the word of God, but when you hear preaching and, and all, and the words I love, I love the songs that we sang this morning. I Surrender All is probably my favorite, one of my favorites. Love that song, Jared. We should just finish with that one again. But anyway, it's, it's, it's speaking, the Lord speaks to us through all of those different ways and all of us differently. And because we're all the church, we are the church. And that's a big distinction, okay? So not only do we have that idea there, 
but we have a colossal faith, a huge faith, this, this big, ginormous faith. There's a, a roller coaster at Six Flags. What's that one big, tall one called? Is it called Colossus? Yeah, Colossus, okay. See, I, don't, I, don't, I haven't been there in a long time. I won't ride that one. It's too tall, too colossal. Goliath, there it is. That's the one. I knew it wasn't Colossus, but it's, it's huge. And it does say it's a colossal, you know, roller coaster. It's really, really tall. And, you know, we have tremendous power and, and, and everything when Jesus, Jesus gave that to the church. He gave tremendous power and responsibility to those of us in the church. And it's a big deal. So the first thing I had said is, you know, we have a fantastic origin, which is Jesus, but then we have a colossal faith. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 19, it says, I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So now we know that, you know, not that God can not only forgive sins, God can save people. God saves people. Do you guys think, do you know that you were probably, you were saved? And I'm not talking just in the sense of saved from your salvation and sin. But you might have been saved sometime physically in your life. If you're, if you're an adult male and you're still alive, trust me, God saved you sometime in your life because we're crazy and do crazy things. I have no idea how I'm still standing here right now. But God does save people. He saves people in many different ways. And he saved me from a life of, you know, just downright could have gone, really the, the, gone south really quick. So it's not the power that you have in yourself. The power comes from the salvation you have through Jesus, okay? So you're saved, saved. You're saved, nope, maybe, maybe not. You know, we have all these things because we think it's more of a feeling. It's, it's more than a feeling. Hey, that's a song, isn't it? I'm not going to sing it. It's by Journey, so look it up if you want to. Um, yes, I listen to Journey. Um, but it's, it's, it's more than just a feeling because feelings can only get you so far. You remember in the beginning I was talking about people... Uh, one of the five things about churches today is people go to church to get that emotional filling. They talk about getting filled. I want to be filled. I want to be whatever it is. And, they, and, and there's actually this thing that they've proven, like in some churches, that when you go to some different things in different churches, they have these things going on and they get you hyped up. And you're like, oh, and you get your adrenaline rolling, you know. And, and, and um, it's just, I don't know about you, but if you've ever had adrenaline pumping, it's like you can do just about anything. I don't know... Uh, so, uh, I can't remember the name. Dope, dopamine? Is that the, yeah. the one that comes out in your brain? And you, can, you get that coming out, and you have this overwhelming feeling of just, like, excitement, and, and just it overwhelms everything inside of you. And they've even seen, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen people come up and get healed or whatever, and people touch them and either fall over or all of a sudden they can walk. That actually can happen because of the, 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 the adrenaline rush, but then they, they leave church and they find out maybe a couple hours later they're back to where they were before. Because of that, that, that holy, that just feeling like that. That's not what we come to church for. Because it's, it's a powerhouse. It's where we start. But we keep, we keep filled up. Our batteries stay charged because of the word of God. And because we worship God. And we worship Jesus every day. Not just on Sundays. So coming to church is important. And being in church is, is a place where you're going to find out in the next point. That we're all together. But it's important because it's colossal. It's a huge faith. It's powered by the Holy Spirit, not by our own. We, we, it's, we're not, you guys, maybe you'll, you'll, I'm dating myself here. We're not flintstoning it. We're not like, you, get, you know how flintstones used to like make the cars move with their feet? And they powered it themselves? 
Yeah, we don't have that. We've got the Holy Spirit power. We don't need Flintstone power. And so we've got this power that comes straight from the Holy Spirit. And, you know, the power is, we have the power to bring freedom, to break chains, and it's only found in the gospel. The gospel frees people. It freed me. Now, when I say it frees people, we still have our issues and our problems and our baggage. All of us have those. Some of us have the same baggage lifelong. It, it just, it's there. You think you got rid of it, and then, oh my gosh, there it is in my closet again. Oh, man. But we all have those things, but see, the, dealing with them is different through faith in Jesus. And see, I want you to understand this. The gospel doesn't need us exactly. But Jesus values you so much that he wants to be in a relationship with you. Does that make sense? See, that's a huge difference. Our faith in Christ is a relationship with Jesus. It's a friendship. It's, it's, it's something that you work on and you build on. It's something that takes, takes a while. Um, our relationships with each other change on a regular basis. They get stronger or they get worse. It depends sometimes. But they take work, don't they? So he wants to be in a relationship with us so deeply. And so part of his work is changing and giving us the power to change. And understanding something, I, want you to under, I don't want you to think that you have the power in yourself to do it. You, you don't have the power, unless, you think it's, unless you're referring to the Holy Spirit power that's, that's dwelling inside of you. But you don't have the power in your, in your own ability, in your own humanity, to change yourself. You can try, and then inevitably, it's, it may not be last, you know, lost longing or whatever. I don't know what the word I'm trying to say is. But true life change, what I mean by that is true change from going from lost to saved comes through the gospel. And so here are the keys. He says, here, take them. Are you going to take it? And the church has all authority to bring power and to go to the ends of the earth. God gave us that. Jesus gave us that authority to go to all the ends of the earth. So he says, here, go. And the church has the authority to bring that. So we can either do one of two things. We can either stand here, we can either go out and go do, or we can park it in the pew. One or the other. And I don't think we should be parking it in the pew. We need to be getting out and going and doing. That's exactly what we should do. This is a charging station, like I was trying to say before. It's a place for us to get together. It's a place for us to see each other. Hopefully, this isn't the only time you see each other. I really hope that you see each other throughout the week. Uh, You know, you have those friends and people that you talk to. But this is a time when we get to come together. I've noticed the last couple weeks, and I've loved it, that there's there's quite a number of people sticking around after church just talking. I love that. I think that's great. You just, you're not ready, you know, you're not just rushing out. You want to see each other. You want to talk to each other. You have that, you value that time with each other. And that's important. You see, church growth isn't accomplished by consumerism. Growing in the church isn't something that we do by just giving you everything you need. Do you know what consumerism is? Being a consumer, it means you go out and you're looking for things that help you, that make you whatever, that things that you want, like we give you everything that you'd ever need in the church. You have a coffee shop, you have this, and there's nothing wrong with those things. There's really nothing wrong with those things, but they shouldn't be the reason that we go. They shouldn't be the reason that the church growth comes. And so, as I continue in the church, the ecclesia, I will faithfully, I will faithfully pronounce the truth of the gospel. As I grow together, as we grow together in the church, ecclesia, we will faithfully grow and pro, and and and, and uh, yeah, pro, pronounce the gospel, the truth of the gospel. You know it. The thing about the gospel and the thing about church life and, and all of that stuff, I don't know about you, that's bothering me. It's like sticking up. I'm not OCD, I promise. 
The thing about church is it's not a gimmick. We exist because of the gospel of Jesus. And we shouldn't sugarcoat it. We shouldn't change it to fit everybody's needs and, and, and change it to be, okay, well, this is going to work for you this way, Kelly, because the gospel means something different for you, so you, know, you can get saved a different way. And then you can get saved a different way. No, it's not like that. The gospel's the same for everybody. Jesus came to this planet, was born of a virgin, grew up, and then died a horrible death, but rose from the dead, which is what we just celebrated on Easter Sunday. Resurrection Day. And I don't want to sugarcoat it. And you know what that means, though? We don't sugarcoat it. It's going to get messy. Things are going to get messy, y'all. Because let's just be honest. Life is messy. You guys agree with that? Life is messy. I mean, you know, I'm kind of glad it is because anything that's really good tasting is messy. If you know what I mean, right? <laughs> so messy is a good thing. So it may get messy, and that's okay. You know, um, we are going to take it forward by his power, under his protection, and by his grace. We're going to go forward with all of this through him, through his power and his grace. And we're going to, we want to see it loosed in heaven for all of eternity. We want to see everyone that we know that we come in contact with to know Jesus. And we want the gates of hell that will they'll not stand against us. We want to see those just defeated. And so the very last thing I want to say is that we have, we're greater with one another. And I wrote really big next to this in my own handwriting this morning as I was restudying. I do that on Sunday mornings before I come in here again, is we need each other. Thank you for saying that, because we need each other. I need you. I don't know if, if you know it, but I have some people that pray over me uh, just before I come and, and speak, which I absolutely love, and when it doesn't happen, I feel it. I don't know how to explain that to you, but I, I, I need it, and then Kelly gets to pray over me sometimes. She can tell when, if I'm going like this, pacing, you know, before it's time to come up. She can tell, oh, I better pray for him. But that just might be my squirrel activity going on too, you know. But I don't know. The best thing, the thing about, the thing about it is, I've heard a lot of people say this about church, is they don't like, they hate organized religion. Okay, um, I mean, I can get that. I understand, kind of. I don't like religion, period. Religion is man's attempt to reach God. That's what religion means. It's not us. It's not us reaching God. It means, religion means we're doing our best to reach God. When God has already reached out to us. That's religion. But you know what? One of the best things about organized religion is that it organizes. We need to be organized in a certain way, amen? And when we organize, we can get some things done. We can get things happening. We're trying to do uh, some different things in the church uh, to try and get some of our ministries backed up to where, you know, we have a platform and how we have, this is how we do things in this ministry. So let's just say, if, uh, I'm going to pick on you, Mr. Burke, for a minute. Um, he's, he's doing a ministry right now. I don't know what it is. I, I'll just pretend. Oh, you're doing the financial class, right? And if you're doing a financial class, we, he wants to set it up in such a way that somebody else could just come right in underneath of him and take it right over. And he, it wouldn't end when he leaves. Does that make sense? Because yeah. people leave. They, this is Kalinga. People retire. They move. We've had a lot of people move away, a lot of really great people. And then a lot of you great people came in and took their place. So we need, when you come in, we need somebody to take the place of other people. And so that's the thing behind organized religion. We need to be able to organize things in the church and not be mass chaos. Um, and I've got a lot of good people behind me helping me with that. Because when you walk into my desk, I ha it's organized chaos on my desk. I know where everything is. Don't touch it. I can find it. But to other people, they think, this is a mess. 
It's not to me. So, God has called us to gather together to find ways to live, share, and spread the truth and power of the gospel. Okay? And so, we have a common mission and call together. And one of those things about the organized part that I was saying is we, we work together so this ministry keeps continuing on. We want Chapel to Grace go, to continue on and on and on and on and on. And so that's the part of the organ, organization organized that I like. And so, but you know what? We have this call together. And in Romans chapter 12, verses 4 to 6, Paul said this. He said, for just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. We are all different people, but we all function together and we complete each other. I've said it before, and I'll say it, Kelly, if I didn't have Kelly, if you've ever seen me here when Kelly's not here on Sunday, I'm a mess. Or I might have a tag sticking out when I don't have her check my shirt. Some of you might remember that. <laughs> but you know, we can get some things done by ourselves, but it's like a thumb without a hand or fingers. We need, each part of our body works together. If you were to take your thumbs off, you can't really grab things very easily. Did you realize that? Like you go, I don't know, how, how would you do that? You say, I can't even pick up a bottle very well. Of course, I was trying to cheat and put my thumb out there. We need our eyes. Our eyes don't do what our thumbs do. Our thumbs don't do what our feet do. Our feet don't do what our hands do. And you get it, right? You get the gist of it all? We work together. We all have a different role to play. And we, enforce, we reinforce each other through those things. You see, church trends may, be, may say that church attendance is down. But we don't have to be subject to the trends of our culture. I know a lot of churches that are still thriving and doing well. I think Chapel Grace is doing pretty well. We can do a lot better when we come together. We need to come together. We need each other. It's the power that God gives us when we come together that makes a difference. And that's why God tells us in Hebrews 10.25 not to give up meeting together. He said, don't don't neglect, he said, don't, as some of them have been doing, don't neglect that habit of getting together. Don't neglect it because it's important. And so, I'm not trying to add something into your busy lives. This shouldn't be an add-on. Does that make sense? It should be a major part of your life. I realize, even I go on vacation. Even I go away some weeks. Some weeks. I'm going to be going away uh, here in a couple of weeks just for, I get to have my knee replaced. That's going to be so much fun, I can't wait. <sighs> but anyway, we all miss for various reasons. So when I, talk about, when I talk about coming to church, I'm not trying to guilt anyone into saying, if you're not here every single Sunday, you're a bad person. That's absolutely not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is, when you're here, it's important to be able to be there with one another and see each other. It's the power that God gave us when we come together that's so incredible. That's why God tells us, like I said, in Hebrews 10.25 about coming together. It's important. And then the last thing is our necessity of church. We, we, gather, we need to gather together. It goes beyond what we can do, what we can get done or do. It actually affects who we are and what we become. It affects us in a deep way. There's accountability here. People see you. And not necessarily, in a, and some people don't like that. That's why some people really, really enjoy, like, say, a mega church where there's 10,000 people and they can just go in on a Sunday morning and never be noticed. They walk in and they can walk out and boom. But that's not for me. I like the value 
I'm going to pick on Mr. Burke again. He, he holds me accountable, and I appreciate that. Sincerely. There's other men and, and, and ladies in this church that hold me accountable. We need to be held accountable, and that's kind of part of what being in this church together is. The necessity of church is being there so we can each grow. When you fall, you have a brother or sister to fall on. Right? And church is part of that. And so when we find that the Bible, the Bible, that the followers of Jesus are meant to be fueled by, equipped by, and connected to a local church, to a local church body, you can't be a lone, lone ranger. I know a lot of people say, well, I don't need to go to church. I can, I can worship God wherever. I don't know. I can't think of a place right now. In my house. Yes, you can. But it's not the same thing as coming together as one body. It's not the same at all. And the one thing I was hoping that everybody would get through COVID is that they would realize and understand the value of being together. I don't know about you, but I missed being with you guys. When you weren't here in the pews and I was preaching just to an empty bunch of pews, it was weird. It was really weird. I almost did what they did in baseball and put like cardboard cutouts of all of you in, in all the pews. <laughs> that, that would have been weird too. But anyway, I didn't do that. But uh, anyway, you know, you don't have to go to this church um, but the Bible says we should be connected in some way. So in Colossians 3.16, it says, Paul says this, Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Amen. So the message of Christ dwells among us. That message isn't always spoken. That message together dwells among us richly. It's there. And we're called to go deeper in our relationship with Jesus to experience a greater freedom in his spirit and to undergo a more complete transformation. Because I'm going to tell you, when we stop coming together, you stop growing. There's, there's, there's a correlation between the two, between going to church and not going to church. I, I'm, it's there. I'm not going to... I'm not going to beat it, over, I think, well, I'm not going to beat you over the head anymore, but I want you to understand that it says here that we have the transformation, we become more like him. The next line we saw in that verse that I was seeing is, as you teach and admonish one another. You know, admonish means to caution, correct, and urge. It's not a bad thing. It's okay to be there for one another. It's okay to lift each other with their burdens and fulfill the law of Christ, which is love. Love one another. So when we gather together, when we gather here, we're reminded of the truth of God's word and the truth of who God is and the truth of who Jesus is. Amen? So we have all of this happening around us. Church is important. You know, I'm concerned that if we forsake meeting together, the truth is that we'll quietly slip away. And, and then we'll almost, we'll almost just kind of give in to the, to the lies of the world. Because... This isn't the world. We're here, I mean, we're part of the world, but this is the place for us to be among brothers and sisters who love each other and don't necessarily have to be divided over things. The world is crazy. We need one another. We need church. So we gather together to worship God because he's worthy of our praise. First Chronicles 16, 29 says, Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in splendor of his holiness. We need to worship God. Pastor Mike, who's one of my favorite people in the world, said it like this. This is practice for heaven. We're together 
and this is practice for heaven. As we go along, we're going to, if you don't like each other, you better start liking each other because you're going to be stuck with each other for the rest of your life, for eternity. It's practice for heaven. And I think it's an important thing. So, even if worship does absolutely nothing for us, we should still gather together to worship God for no other reason than the fact that God deserves it. Amen? God deserves it. So let's pray together as the worship team comes up to finish out the morning with our song. And uh, I want to give you an opportunity. I want to pray for you. And uh, I'm not going to necessarily call you up or you know, call you out or anything like that. I may do an invitation, which means Jared will, the guys will sing a song, and I'll just give you guys a chance to come up and confess. But not, we're not going to do that today. I'm just going to have you do it right where you sit. So I'd like to pray for you. And just as I'm praying out loud, you should be praying to God yourself as well, talking to him and, and asking him what it is that he wants you to do or, or whatever, whatever's going on, whatever God said to you while you were here today. Let's pray. Lord Father, I just want to thank you for this morning. I want to thank you, God, that you're large and in charge. But God, thank you for giving us the church, each other, ecclesia, this gathering of people. Lord, it's important. It's a big deal. And so, Father, may we grab a hold of it. May we see it as a positive thing, a necessary thing something that we just can't go through a week without. Lord, we need each other. We need you. And Lord, I just pray that you would just provide the right people in our lives to come alongside of us and lift us up. Lord, I thank you for drawing everybody that came to church here today. And Lord, for those who weren't able to make it, God, maybe they're listening online or whatever's happening, I pray that you'd bring them back to us next week. We need you, God. And you deserve our praise. You deserve our worship. Thank you. Of course, in Jesus' precious name I pray, and we all say, Amen. Go away, guys.
song. Teach my song to rise to you. When temptation comes my way. And when I cannot stand, I will fall on you. Jesus, you're my hope and stay. Teach my song. Teach my song to rise to you. Temptation comes my way. And when I cannot stand, I'll fall on you. Jesus, you're my hope and stay. separate ways today, Lord, that you would guide us to the places and protect us as we drive. And as we either drive, walk, or however we get home, keep us all safe. Thank you for everyone who was able to come today. We love you, Lord. Protect us this day. In Jesus' precious name I pray and we all say, amen. amen. Don't forget, members, we have our meeting here and right after church, right now.